Good morning, Aaron J. Steele here. Welcome to episode four of the Steelcraft podcast. So this morning, I will be talking about the tools that I use uh, to put this whole production together, um, just to give you an insight into what I'm using. So first of all, um, if you're watching this, you may notice that I am not sitting up against the green screen like I was the last three videos. I've decided to just set it up at my desk because it's less work for me to set up. I don't have to, I'm not going to worry about editing out the green screen. I'm just trying to make this as streamlined as possible. And I also think it looks better. I think it looks, if I've got like the lighting in the background, and you know, there's much more depth of field to work with rather than just being quite close up on the green screen there. Just, I, I bought the green screen more of as an experiment to see what I could do with it and it's pretty interesting. I'm still planning on making some videos with my kids but yeah look, I'd probably keep making videos like this from now on instead of sitting up against the screen, at least for this kind of format. Alright, look, I thought I would walk through the different tools that I'm using this morning. So I've called this episode just like the tools that I use and I've got, as as usual, I've got a couple of questions here that I'm going to read through and yeah, I'll have a chat about uh, what we're doing. Because part of the this 30-day process that I'm doing is I'm wanting to make a easy-to-follow guide for anyone who wants to also get into content creation themselves and providing a system that they, they can follow to make it super easy and to make sure that they're the barriers to entry as low as possible. I'm just going to outline everything that I use and hopefully that'll be useful. First things first is the camera. So I am using a Sony ZV-E10, I think. That's what it's called. Yeah, it is. I just had to do a quick Google and yes, it is. It's the Sony ZV-E10. It's a great little unit that I've been very happy with so far. I use it for all these recordings and I just have it basically set up like a I'm functioning like a webcam. I've just got a little tripod sitting on my desk there. And yeah, just look straight into the camera. And uh, yeah, it works really well. I also use to pass the video signal into the computer. I use the, the Elgato. Oh, what's it called? It's an Elgato HD60, what this does. And see it here but this takes the video signal from my camera via a micro HDMI cable from out of the camera and passes into the Elgato video card and then that a video card has an HDMI cable that comes from the back of it through into the computer with a with an HDMI port it's much better for shooting video and capturing video. I'm probably going to get a 4 
input video card at some stage so I can have multiple cameras and even do some streaming with the PS5 or something like that or we can have um, lots of camera feed ca coming in all at the same time but that's that's the I guess the physical equipment that I use the microphone that I'm using here is the Shure SM7B and I love it. I've got like a little boom arm here. It's a fantastic microphone. I actually have three of them. <laughs> I loved it so much I bought it another two times. I do some podcasting with my wife as well and I we've just got it set up so that we can just record and yeah, no, it's a fantastic microphone. One thing to keep in mind is that you do need to buy a preamp with these microphones because they, I forget the, the technical reason, it's like a passive signal or something like that, but basically it'll be super quiet if you don't have a good preamp plugged in. All that really means is this little bit here, you buy that separately, it's like a hundred bucks, maybe a little bit roughly more more or less and then you just plug that into the, the actual microphone and then you plug the cable into that and that boosts the signal significantly and means that you're not having to jack up the volume after the fact and of course it's very helpful if you're using it live as far as inputs uh, like I've got a, the audio interface I use for my setup is the a Scarlett Focusrite 18i8 and so that's yeah I'm not going to sh show you that you can just look it up but it's just sitting right there and so my microphones and guitar inputs go straight into there and I also control the, the volume of my PC just like with a little dial right there and yeah that's Oh, the, the lighting, I just bought that from JB Hi-Fi. Uh, no, sorry, the... I have a green... So that one, well, that's there's all, all kinds of colours that come with that one. And I have that set to green. I like the sort of the green ambiance that sort of reflects off the green screen. I don't know if it's actually doing anything, but I like it. And so I bought that from JB Hi-Fi. JB Hi-Fi, if you're not from Australia, is just like it sounds like they sell electronics, games, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and the uh, other two I've got from Harvey Norman, which again is the same kind of place as JB Hi-Fi except they've also got like furniture as well not super interesting um, not sure why I'm giving you a breakdown on um, Australian major retailers but there we go so um, what are the must-have tools for content creators today so I think it's really important if you're going to be creating content that you have uh, I guess have some realistic expectations you don't have to buy all this hardware like I, I like to do music recording and stuff as well and I, I was interested in getting some of the lighting and the camera and the green screen anyway like I've got 
way more hardware and tools here that you probably you don't really need to get started with content creation you can literally just use your phone um, and that would be more than adequate uh, I guess for the initial stages um, before you're wanting to, to move into a more streamlined production um, I use all this gear a lot so I'm always happy to make the investment um, but as far as like software tools I would suggest you don't have to I just use the, the basic Windows I run on Windows as well funnily enough and not Mac or Apple just I just use the basic Windows camera app which comes with Windows 11 and I just record on that and I use Descript or Descript to transcribe my videos so literally all I do is I will take the, the video file after I'm done and I drop it into Descript and it thinks about it for a couple minutes then it spits out a transcription and then I will also moving forward I'm not gonna do any editing on top of what I do in Descript so I was after that adding in some music and then dropping so then pulling it out and exporting it sorry is the correct term not pulling it out exporting it into a DaVinci Resolve and then I was using that to make a few more cuts and uh, edit out the green screen and replace it with uh, the blue background that I was using. In the interest of time and streamlining this process, I've decided to stop doing that. What I'll be doing instead is doing all the video editing using AI essentially in Descript and so what you can do with that is you can get it to automatically remove all the ums and ahs and filler words from your video or your audio and then you can also get it to remove any gaps in your talking so if you have a pause and it lasts you can set it so that it's more than if it's anything that's more than three seconds reduce it down to one second so it will cut although that sort of silence and gaps out and so I'm gonna yeah start to to use that and do the very limited amount of post-production that I do in Descript and just take out the filler words and take out the the gaps there is an option to also apply studio sound to it as well which I did do for the first one or two videos I think I, I typically might do it for any podcast files that I do but I think that this audio setup seems adequate and I don't I guess the, the best thing it does is does remove background noise but it takes a heck of a long time to to render that studio sound quality onto the file and I'm probably just going to not do it to be honest at least for these 30 days because I'm trying to make it as 
easy as possible to quickly create content and get it out there. So from there, I then, once I've the, the file into Descript and I've added the backing track, I've just got like a, I literally just have a 25 minute file for the backing track, which is just the same thing. I'm trying to make it easy. I'm not trying to chop and change the different uh, music every time I do something and so I'll just be yeah using that every time I just have a project that I just place a new file into every time and yeah just making it super quick and easy as much as possible and then from there I also export because you, you can change to just a, an audio uh, composition which doesn't remove the video, it just um, changes the way you frame the project. And I'll switch over to just audio for a little bit and then while I'm in that lens, I'll then publish the, the finished audio file to Podbean, which is my podcast distribution platform. And that will go out automatically. Well, you know, I'll have to go in and make a few changes to the text and the title and description but that's a pretty quick process and then I will also use the export function in the video composition lens for Descript so I just switch it back to video composition and then export that as an mp4 and that will drop automatically into the Google Drive that I have set up and once it uploads to the Google Drive folder that sends off a trigger to a Zapier which is the the tool that I, I use to automate everything and sends off the transcript and I forgot to mention once I've copied the transcript I paste it into a Google Sheet file which I have and put the file name that I'll be using like it's usually just like episode 4 or something like that into the same column uh, sorry into the same row and then that'll trigger another process which I'll get into in a minute but once the file has dropped into Google Drive it goes and checks for the file name so if it's like episode 4 is what I exported it as and it's also what I named it in the Google Sheet, it'll find a match and then it'll pull the transcription from that row that I pasted in earlier from the script and it will though then go and create a title for my YouTube video, it'll create a description and it'll come up with a short phrase for the thumbnail and it'll send the short phrase to the thumbnail for the thumbnail to another program called Switchboard AI uh, or Switchboard Canvas. They seem to have two different names, but or maybe it's maybe not. Switchboard.ai is the name of the site, and then from there that will take in a randomly selected template, a randomly selected photo out of ten. So I've got ten templates and ten photos of myself and in like which I've 
approved <laughs> for it to use. So it randomly selects a template, randomly selects a, a photo of myself. It takes the the thumbnail text from ChatGPT earlier, which is what I used to generate, obviously, the name, the description, and the, the thumbnail template. The, sorry, the thumbnail text. And it also... Uh, what does it do after that? It also goes and uses the Unsplash API to pull a an abstract image, like just basically a bit of artwork from the abstract, sorry, <laughs> from the Unsplash site, and then it combines that Unsplash image with the randomly selected template, the randomly selected photo, and the text, and it puts all that together into uh, a thumbnail and so that's usually what I just use for the, the YouTube thumbnail and so I don't actually go, have to go in and create it I don't have to pay someone to do it look it's, it's not the most perfect thing that I you know, thumbnail that you'll ever see in your life but it's because I, I know that all the different assets that it's using I'm all I'm comfortable with all of that and so it's usually creates a thumbnail which is fine and like I said not perfect but it also means it's one last thing I have to worry about and so unfortunately I can't get it to I can't get my automation process to then use that file to upload with the YouTube upload so while that's been happening in the background with the thumbnail it's also sent the the YouTube title and description to a, a card in Trello it creates a new card and notifies me that there's a new video ready for me to approve and so I look at that card in Trello and I edit the title if I want to, I edit the description if I want to, and then I drag that over to approved, and then that'll go and upload the video and with the title and the description, and then it will send me a notification saying you've the video has been uploaded. Here's the thumbnail that you're using. You just need to go and click this link to edit the video and upload the thumbnail. So it's still a little bit of a manual process in there but much, much easier than having to do all that myself. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, (laughs) the transcription that I pasted into Google Sheets then triggers another Zap in Zapier, which will then go and send that transcription to ChatGPT, which will use that that transcript to generate uh, three articles and so it'll use existing writing that I've done previously as well as um, a template that it will select based on uh, the day and because I've got a whole stack of templates that I, I just get it to cycle through and it looks at the transcript looks at the template looks at examples of my writing style and generates three articles for me using those that content that I provide to it. And then for each article, it also then will generate 10 tweet-like statements 
It'll be like, literally, it can, can be anything. And from there, it'll also send all those tweets, like there's 30 tweets that come from that, and the three articles, and then they'll all be sent through to Trello as well on a different board and notify me saying once once it's all been populated notifies me saying hey you've got some content to approve and so I go and do that I go and edit in the different cards that I want first I go through the whole process and I get rid of any that I, I don't like there's usually maybe three or four that are, that are shit and so I just get rid of them I don't even bother like trying to change them. I've got, like, that's the, the whole reason behind having 30 generated. And they don't all get posted to, to Instagram and Facebook. Basically, the 30 that I'm happy with, I'll just, I'll, out of that 30, sorry, I'll leave in that column that comes into Trello. And then I'll go and pick uh, maybe three out of that 30 and we'll label it as Facebook and Instagram and then I'll drop those the, sorry then I'll label the rest of them um, Twitter and um, Pinterest as well and then I will drop all of those cards into um, the approved column and then they'll start to go out and start getting scheduled um, one by one and so what that does also is it'll go in using the same sort of switchboard canvas tool that I mentioned earlier to create the thumbnail. It, what it also does is go it goes and takes the, the tweet, like the text that it, it's come up with, and it emblazons that onto an image. And so there's a different kind of image for each platform. So, well, Facebook and Instagram have the same image, um, but it's basically just like a, a graphic text. And, you know, it's formatted a bit differently for Pinterest and Twitter, um, but it's the same kind of concept. Um, and then there's also like a, a post description as well that gets generated for each card. So it's not just... Hey, be more productive in the the post, and then the actual picture says, "Hey, be more productive," and then in the description it says, "Hey, be more productive." Like I, I've got it so that it generates um, a different description for the post, so that you're not just reading the same stuff. And I've also, yeah, I'll get it to generate hashtags as well that are relevant, and so that'll go into it as well. And yeah, it'll automatically just post everything that I approved straight into Pinterest. I don't schedule Pinterest at all. I just dump it in there. Reason for that is the scheduling tool that I use doesn't seem to, which is uh, Hootsuite, does not seem to support in Zapier, doesn't support the ability to add a link to your pins for some reason. So I just dump them all straight in using the direct Pinterest integration with Zapier. If there is a reason to schedule pins in Pinterest, I'm not aware of it. Uh, Yeah, 
there, there might be, but I'm, I'm not doing it at the moment. It's just, yeah, just chucking them straight in. Uh, for Twitter and Facebook um, and Instagram, it will go and before it posts them, it goes and checks a, a scheduling sheet. It'll go and look for, because it's got three columns, it's got the date, which I've formatted using words rather than numbers. So it literally says like, Wednesday the 5th of October 2023 or whatever the date is and then the reason I do that is because it doesn't read it gets confused between American and everyone else's way of formatting dates so it 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 doesn't do a good job there so I've just I format it in words rather than numbers so that it's very clear it pulls so there's a column for that there's a column for different times so Twitter and Pinterest Pinterest doesn't need to be in there I I set it up before I realised that Pinterest couldn't schedule properly but Twitter has 30 different times all throughout the day and as well as the third column it'll have so there'll be like multiple of the same day and it'll just be like Twitter all on the same date with different times then on the third column it's just like a a posted question mark and it will just have yes all the way down to whatever date hasn't been scheduled yet and then it'll find so to look for the date and time where there is no where there's a no in the scheduled column and so it goes all the way down and goes finds okay here's a no for this date and this time for the platform that we're looking for which is twitter and it will or x and it'll pull out that date and time and use that to be send that to hootsuite and say this is the time that you're scheduling it and then it will then update the spreadsheet saying a yes so that the next time it runs it goes to the next date and so that's how i schedule everything out automatically and then yeah then it just it posts um through to instagram facebook um twitter and pinterest and yeah and um so these videos as well um i have been using opus clips but they've been really slow lately so i haven't been having having a lot of luck with it on day four and I still haven't really I've created video content and posted podcasts but yeah it's been a bit slow on the uptake getting some of the other short form content prepared so the idea with Opus Clips which I've paid for like a full year is that I just upload the video like once the, the YouTube video is uploaded I just paste the link into Opus Clips rather than having to upload the video itself and then it will use that to then cut automatically. It will take a transcript and it will cut uh, all the important bits that it thinks, like it will generate five to ten clips from the one that you upload. And it will say, like, here's what we think are the, um, the best clips from here. Generates captions, generates the title and description of the video, and then you can just auto-publish to YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, Facebook videos, 
and TikTok. And but yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, like the actual manual processes are very minimal here. Like it's really like at the start doing a little bit with the video and making a few minor changes to it and then manually um, publishing it to the podcast platform and um, yeah otherwise it's a matter of you know you'll reattach the thumbnail and you'll make a few edits and adjustments on Trello and paste the transcript in but all of that total is like less than five minutes unless you want to get super editorial in Trello making all these changes and then yes those three articles which I always forget to mention they also you can edit those as well and send put them into a separate approved column in Trello which will then schedule and post them to LinkedIn too and it'll take like a also do the same deal with the image but this time it'll take like a more professional type image from Unsplash and it will use your photo your LinkedIn profile photo and like a little question and it will post it uh, to LinkedIn for you using the scheduling tool and yeah so that's that's all the tools that I use for my content creation and I've already gone for 30 minutes talking about this (laughs) might answer a few more What specific features of these tools do you find most beneficial? I love anything that I can automate. I, it's not about quantity over quality, but there is a balance between spending forever and ever editing and playing and fiddling with things rather than just pushing content out. I'm much more concerned about getting content, iterating, being agile and producing stuff and then as I go through the process of content creation, refining my process as I go rather than spending ages and ages refining my process before I actually execute anything, which is a very common mindset. Just fail fast. I just remove the barriers to entry as much as possible and utilize the system that I just spoke about which takes the takes one video and with a few quick processes publishes it like everywhere automatically for you just use something like that and then just create and then as you go you will learn how to make adjustments like how to improve things so that your content is better so it's not the people who are super famous, you know, successful content creators today, people don't come to them and say, hey, look, I saw the first couple of videos you did and they were shit. And therefore, I don't want to listen to your content. Like, no one says that. Like, everyone sucks when they're first doing, when they first start doing content. Unless they're, like, really experienced doing it elsewhere. Everyone is going to just have a rubbish time putting stuff together when they first start. And my whole philosophy around this is not like I said not quantity over quality but execution over perfection and that's my mantra execute perfect as you go iterate make improvements along the way 
and then as as you see the content that you produce you see the feedback that you're getting you can then make changes but yeah you'll never get anywhere if you're trying to perfect all your processes at first that's gone on for long enough i think like the tools that i use have been um here in this um little chat that we've had so i think trying to think if there's any other tools that i use i pretty much i've mentioned basically every tool by name i think yeah i think that's pretty pretty much it i think cool yeah like uh, thanks for listening if you got all the way to the end of this i appreciate you i appreciate you taking the time to listen to me i will be doing this every day for the foreseeable future and doing this 30-day content sprint if you're interested in doing a content sprint with me feel free to get in touch with me and we can organize that my name is aaron j Steele. you can find me on linkedin you can find me on twitter you can find me on pinterest all the links are below if you want to listen to my podcast please feel free it's just going to be mostly the same videos that are on here but in audio format and look if you want to check out my website below there you can join my mailing list and also i have a gumroad account which is a a place where i store and document everything that i know which is what i'm trying to do and there are some paid products in there which you know totally up to you if you want to but yeah there's quite a few free ones in there as well about it's mostly about automation and utilizing ai to to make your life easier and to make running your business easier please can subscribe to this or if you're keen for more of this sort of content and yeah thank you again and i will see you tomorrow bye bye